0: Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator The Dow Jones finished the day up almost 140 points, back over 17,000, 17,050. You know, the Dow has now rallied 1,000 points since its lows on Friday. That was the low that it made immediately following the release of the much worse than expected uh, non-farm payroll number. The market originally sold, sold off until all the traders realized that bad news is good news, and they bought the dip. And they kept buying it, and in fact, the buying intensified today following the release of the FOMC uh, minutes from the last meeting a few weeks ago when they refrained from raising interest rates just the way I said they would do. But remember, earlier in the year, it was almost unanimous that the Fed was going to raise rates in uh, the September meeting. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I want to first talk again about the markets, where I mentioned the Dow is up substantially As I said it would in my last video blog that I recorded on that Friday afternoon, I said that I thought we would get a pretty good rally in the stock market based on that uh, weak non-farm payroll number and what that would do to the thinking with respect to the timing of any future rate hikes. Well, the U.S. market looks like it's standing still compared to what's happening to the markets overseas, which had certainly been beaten up a lot more than the U.S. market on the erroneous fear that the Fed was about to raise rates and that those rate hikes would somehow be harmful uh, because uh, they, they would continue. I mean, at most, they were going to raise rates by a quarter point. And I think it would have been a buy the rumor, sell the fact when it comes to the dollar. But now that so many people are starting to connect the dots and realize that a rate hike is not around the corner, Uh, You've seen a huge rally in overseas stocks, particularly the emerging markets. I mean, those stocks have really moved. And you've seen big jumps in emerging market currencies. Of course, all currencies have been gaining against the dollar. They continue to gain today. Silver prices earlier in the week hit a three-month high, three-and-a-half-month high. Gold got back above... uh, 1150. I think it closed just below today. Oil prices almost at $50 a barrel, $49.70 uh, or so. Very close to getting above $50. Uh, all of this, I believe, is happening because people are starting to pare back their rate hike bets. And in fact, in light of today's dovish uh, FOMC minute meetings, I think more people are going to figure this out. And I think these trends are only going to intensify. And, you know, it doesn't even make any sense why people were surprised by how dovish this meeting was, as if it was some kind of close call, like they were almost going to raise rates and they just barely didn't do it. It wasn't even close. And in fact, if you read the minutes, you'll see that it wasn't even close. There was one guy there who did want to raise rates, but there was also a guy, uh, Coach Lakota, he wants to cut him. He wants rates to be negative so you throw those two guys out it's basically everybody said let's leave rates at zero it's not like they were ever even considering it although i was watching a discussion on cnbc and somebody asked steve Leisman, uh oh steve well if it wasn't for china right the fed would have raised rates and and then steve said oh for sure yeah of course they would have like you know if it wasn't china they would have come up with another excuse and in fact if you read the minutes. Even though they mentioned China, the real reason they claim they didn't raise rates is because the cost of living is not rising fast enough, right? They said inflation is too low. And they were worried that inflation wouldn't get back up to 2% quickly enough. And they also said, I'm not making this up, that they risked losing credibility if they raise rates now with inflation below I mean, lose credibility with whom? Number one. But number two, I mean, you don't have to wait for inflation to be 2% to raise rates. And if that's the case, if they're afraid of losing credibility with official inflation below 2%, then why have they been bluffing that they're about to raise rates? Because that official inflation number has been below 2% the entire time they've been pretending that rate hikes are just around the corner. And of course, If the Fed really cared about inflation and 2% was its supposed target, you don't wait for it to hit 2% to start slowing down. It's like if you see a wall in front of you, you got to slow down before you hit it. You can't just go right into it. If the Fed waits until inflation is at 2% and then starts raising rates, especially as slowly as the Fed claims it's going to be doing it, well, inflation is going to go well through 2%. You have to act in advance. There is a lag, too, with respect to your monetary policy. So that just makes no sense. It's not even believable that they would say something like that. Look, at one time, they said they were going to raise rates if unemployment got below 6.5%. Well, we're at 5.1%. We've been below that 6.5% for a couple of years, maybe. And the Fed didn't worry about losing their credibility on that one. So why are they worried about it with respect to inflation? They're not. Right. They just don't want to say the truth. So they have to come up with an excuse, which is exactly what I was saying a year ago, two years ago, whenever the Fed first started talking about raising rates. What did I say? They're not going to do it. And they're going to make up an excuse why they can't. They're going to keep pretending that they're about to raise rates and they're going to keep making up excuses why they're not going to do it. And in fact, even in these minutes, they're still pretending. The minutes say that they still expect conditions to warrant a rate hike by the end of the year. Who are they kidding? The year's about to end. And if you read all the things that they're worried about and all the reasons that they're not raising rates, why on earth would they think that all that's going to change by December? It's not. But they're still reading that script. Right, it's like you know, there was that guy on uh, Anchorman. He's gonna read anything that's in the teleprompter. This is in their teleprompter, right? That they have to keep pretending that they're gonna raise rates by the end of the year, even though it's nonsense to pretend it at this point when the year's about to end and you've just gone over a litany of reasons why there's no way on earth that you're going to raise rates and then pretend that you still might do it anyway by the end of the year. I mean, people are going to have to figure this out, that this whole thing has been a bluff the entire time. You know, I thought it was funny, too, when it comes to inflation. You know, Netflix announced today that they were raising the prices on their basic subscription by 11%, which is a pretty big jump. But I guess when the Fed reads a headline like that, they must think, oh, great, good news. Right. A step in the right direction. Who else can raise their their prices? We just need more rate hikes. I mean, price hikes, because, you know, we're dying to raise interest rates and we're just not doing it uh, because not enough companies are are doing what Netflix is doing. This is absurd. Right. The real reason is they don't want to prick the bubbles, but they can't say that. Look, we got a bubble in the stock market, bubble in the real estate market, bubble in the bond market. We got bubble in auto loans, student loans consumer credit they got bubbles in collectible cars and rare art i mean you name it if it's not a commodity there's a bubble in it and the fed doesn't want the air coming out of those bubbles the fed doesn't want the government to have to deal with higher interest rates especially now look at that headline in the wall street journal about foreign central banks beginning to dump their treasuries look at how many treasuries the chinese has sold this is the tip of a huge iceberg how is the Fed going to start tightening? How's it going to end QE when it's got to take the other side of the mother of all trades? Right when these treasuries are going to start, are going to be sold in mass, uh, somebody's going to have to buy them. I mean, nobody would buy with their own money. There's some speculators out there, but there's not enough of those. So who's the Fed kidding? Right. The, the, the Fed can't you know, tell the truth, right, Jack Nicholson, uh, that nobody can handle the truth. So they come up with a palatable lie. Blame it on, oh, there's not enough inflation. Or again, I saw another guy on CBC today after the minutes came out. He said, well, it's apparent now that the Fed's not going to be raising interest rates anytime soon. Now that all these overseas problems are washing up on our shores. These are not overseas problems. The problems overseas started here. They're just coming back. Right, the tide went out. Now it's coming back in. The overseas markets reacted to the threat of higher U.S. interest rates and a stronger dollar. That's what happened because the Fed was talking as if it was going to raise rates, even though it wasn't going to do it. But it spooked the markets and it got all the speculators to sell uh, foreign currencies, sell commodities, and that put pressure on the global markets. But if the Fed isn't going to do that, we're going to relieve all of that pressure. But this game is going to end because the next time the dollar goes down, as I said, it's down for the count. You're not going to have all these foreign central banks coming to its rescue. They're going to be joining in the dollar selling just like everybody else. Now, while I'm on the subject of the Fed not raising interest rates, I wanted to talk a little bit about this ridiculous article that was written in the Economic Policy Journal by Robert Wenzel. And obviously, Wenzel is referring to me when he wrote this article, but doesn't even have the decency uh, to acknowledge it. Here is the title of his piece. This was from September 18th, following the Fed's decision not to raise rates. Now, of course, Wenzel had been predicting that the Fed would raise rates. But rather than admit that he's wrong, he wants to pretend that everybody else is wrong. Here is the title, The Absurd Idea that the Fed is not going to raise rates. Now, first of all, what's so absurd about it? In fact, now there's a lot of mainstream analysts that also are saying the Fed's not about to raise rates. But listen to how he starts off his piece. With the failure of the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates yesterday, monetary po- yesterday's monetary policy meeting, certain so-called Austrians are out cheering that they have been proven correct in their view that the Fed will not raise rates and that the economy is in terrible shape and that a new round of quantitative easing is just around the corner. Now, first of all, who could he be talking about? What Austrians are out there saying this, really, other than me? And of course, I wasn't out there cheering or claiming victory. I haven't said I told you so yet. I'm saving that for later. But who is he talking about? He's obviously talking about me and, you know, many of the people who commented in the article said, hey, you know, this is obviously a thinly veiled attack at Peter Schiff. Why don't you mention his name? And he actually answered one of those people and said, you're wrong. I'm not talking about Peter Schiff. I'm talking about all the other so-called Austrians who've been saying this. And what's he talking about? First of all, why am I a so-called Austrian? I am an Austrian. I mean, I'm so-called because I disagree with his view on what the Fed's going to do with rates. And so far, I've been right. Wenzel's been wrong. How absurd is my idea? In fact, is it absurd to believe that the Fed's going to do QE4? I mean, why not? They did QE3. They did QE2. They did QE1. You know, what's absurd is the fact that he thinks they're not going to do it again. That's absurd. And why am I not a real Austrian? I mean, does he not understand? I mean, maybe Wenzel thinks that I believe that the Fed should do another round of quantitative easing. I mean, is he that clueless? I mean, does he not even read or listen to what I have to say? I am not saying what I think the Fed should do, or I am. I am saying that also. But my forecast is not based on what I think the Fed should do, but what I think the Fed will do. I think the Fed will not raise interest rates. I think they will do QE4. Is that the right thing to do? Of course not. They should raise rates now. They never should have cut them to zero. But I also know if they do raise rates now, we're going to have a recession. It's not like the economy is going to shrug it off. When I say he's saying that it's absurd to say that the U.S. economy is in terrible shape. Well, if he's an Austrian, he knows it's in terrible shape. We've had malinvestments for the last seven years based on 0% interest rates. This economy is screwed up beyond belief. It's way worse shape than it was in 2008 before that crisis. I mean, any Austrian worth his salt would know that. Imagine all the mistakes and malinvestments uh, from interest rates being so low for so long. How can he think the economy is in good shape and be an Austrian? It doesn't make any sense. Look, I know we need to swallow some bitter tasting medicine, but I know the Fed is never going to serve that medicine up. They're going to give us some more of their snake oil. Yeah, (laughs) that's what they're going to do. So I don't know what the the basis of this article is, but ultimately it's going to look absurd that he wrote it because the Fed isn't going to raise rates. They are going to do QE4. Now, of course, I don't know, maybe uh, Wenzel is saying that I don't think they're going to raise rates ever, like, ever, like, you know, for all eternity. And obviously, I haven't said that. Look, eventually, they're going to have to raise rates because inflation is going to be skyrocketing, the dollar is going to be imploding, and they're going to have no choice. But that's not what Wenzel is talking about. See, I'm saying the Fed will raise rates when the market forces them and not before. They're not going to raise rates now, preemptively, like Wenzel thinks they are. This guy's got it completely wrong. But, you know, I don't go out and attack other people. If people believe in Austrian economics, and they disagree with me on a forecast on what they think the Fed is going to do. I don't go out there with these ad hominem attacks. I don't write articles about them and not referring to them and and say, well, you're not real Austrians because you, you disagree with me. But here's the worst part about this Bob Wenzel. So when he answered one of these uh, commentators' comments on the bottom of his article where the guy said, come on, you're talking about Peter Schiff, right? Admit it. And he said, no, you're wrong. This has got nothing to do with Peter Schiff, which of course is a lie. He doesn't even have the courage to admit what he's doing. But I commented on that and I said, come on, Bob, of course you're talking about me. If you're not talking about me, then give me the list of the people you are talking about. You said you're referring to all these other so-called Austrians. Well, I'm curious who they are. And that's basically what I said. And he didn't even approve my comment. He wouldn't even let my comment on his site uh, because he knew he couldn't answer it. He knew I caught him. And and so he just uh, wouldn't even approve my comment, So nobody could even see that I knew that he was full of it. But I just thought I would mention it on the podcast. But and the only reason I knew about this article is because when I did a a video blog or podcast, uh, you know, the Fed admits that it could keep interest rates at zero forever, which they did somebody put a comment on the video saying, ah, come on, Peter, not even, you know, the other Austrians agree with you. Look, here's this article. This guy thinks you're nuts. And that's how I found it because somebody said, look, this, you know, know, you've got dissension in the ranks or, you know, even people in your own camp uh, think you're wrong. And I will tell you this, that most people with whom I agree over the course of the year did believe the Fed was going to raise rates. I'm pretty much the only person I know Really, that just said they would never do it. Everybody else said they'll raise rates and then it'll be a problem and they'll have to reduce them. And there are other people that are saying the Fed would do QE4. But almost everybody believed that the Fed was going to raise rates because they thought, how could they not? Right. They, they keep saying they're going to raise rates. I mean, they kept saying, well, how could they not raise rates? They, they backed themselves into the corner. And I kept saying, no, they haven't. They haven't. They're not going to raise rates. That's not what they're saying. Nobody is actually paying attention to what they're actually saying. They're paying attention to what they're pretending they're going to do. And so I think I'm pretty much alone. And who knows? Maybe I'll still be wrong. Maybe they will raise rates in December or or March or, or, or April. I mean, I still don't think they will. I mean, I know it's not impossible, right? I mean, it could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it is a low probability event. And I think I'm alone in that. And nobody else, now more people are starting to say it. Now, I mean, there's some people saying it now, but back in March, you know, nobody was saying no one was saying that. But me, Every, it was a sure thing. Everybody was going to raise rates. And so I'm not going to claim total victory like this guy's saying I'm cheering. I'm right. I told you so. I'm not going to say that until the Fed launches QE4. But you better believe if they never raise interest rates and they do they do launch QE4, I'm going to take that victory lap. Right. I'm going to go out there and I am going to say I told you so because I would have been right but I'm not going to do it prematurely. So we'll see what happens. I also want to talk about some of the economic data that came out this week. Didn't really get that much. Uh, We did get a disappointing ISM non-manufacturing number. It was 59 last month. Uh, They were looking for 58. We got 56.9, still above 50, but that's going in the wrong direction, right? And I think it's going to continue to drift in the wrong direction. Probably though the worst number we got on the week was the Tuesday trade deficit for August. Merchandise or trade deficit, not merchandise, the unified trade deficit, because the merchandise deficit is off the charts. But this uh, unified deficit includes our surplus in services. But the deficit came in at $48.3 billion, which was actually slightly better than the $48.6 billion they expected. But it was the second worst trade deficit of the year, and it's still a big number. It will subtract quite a bit from third quarter GDP, uh, but again it is a symptom of a very sick economy uh that we are bleeding all this red ink that we cannot produce the things that we consume and so we have to borrow money to in- import them from other countries that are capable of producing them we got this morning too again a- another uh, weekly jobs claim numbers these numbers continue to come out very low we were down thirteen thousand on the week to two sixty three. You know, one of the lowest numbers in forty years or something. Despite the fact that announced layoffs in the last few months have surged. You know, last quarter was the biggest quarter for layoffs in uh, six years. Well, why aren't people you know filing for unemployment? I mean, they're getting laid off. Why aren't they filing for unemployment? And you know, this is a mystery. And what I've said about it, and I I, I talked about it on earlier podcasts. The reason I think. And no, I've never heard anyone say this. The reason that you're not getting a lot of people being fired is because you're not getting a lot of people hired. The labor force is so much smaller. So many people have left the labor force. They can't be fired because they, they don't have jobs. Yeah, That's the problem. You know, if you don't, and a lot of new people aren't getting hired. I think a lot of the, the non-farm payroll numbers that are being reported, the new jobs are being made up because I think they come from the birth-death model. Well, people are assuming... Uh, New businesses are hiring people. But if they were, they'd also be firing people. So, you know, to me, this shows an unhealthy labor market when so few people are losing jobs. Because that means not many people are getting jobs. Because when, you know, a lot of times you hire people to replace the people you fire. A lot of times you hire people, they don't work out. So you got to fire them. You got to try a few people before you find the right guy. And so the labor market is just a lot less dynamic. But I do believe that these weekly unemployment claims, despite all that, are eventually going to shoot up. And it may happen probably early next year when either we're in recession, on the cusp of recession. We've had a horrible Christmas shopping season and all the layoffs really begin in earnest. And that's what I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Fed, on Janet Yellen, to stimulate the economy. Who knows? Maybe Coach Lakota will will move the, 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 the FOMC in the direction of negative interest rates. Who knows? QE4 is coming. I don't see how there's anything else they're going to do, given their playbook. I mean, this is the situation that they're in. What are they going to do? I mean, it's obvious because they only have, you know, one play in that book, really, or just a couple. And interest rates are already at zero. So the rate cutting uh, play is not really an option for them unless they do try to go to negative rates. But that's not going to be as effective in, you know, what they're trying to do. Although none of it is going to grow the economy. All they're trying to do is delay the day of reckoning, which they can do, which they have done, but at great cost because they've delayed it for so long. I've said this before all the problems that we should have dealt with years ago are now bigger. And now it's going to be even more painful to deal with them, which is why the Fed is so desperate uh, not to have us deal with them and try to push it off. And it's usually an election. They always want to push it past an election, especially a presidential election. So they will pull out all the stops uh, to make sure that the wheels don't come off this bus before the 2016 election. And especially when you've got Janet Yellen, who really wants to get reappointed uh, knows that her only chance of getting reappointed is if it's Hillary Clinton or, I don't know, Bernie Sanders or uh, Joe Biden or somebody like that. But if whoever becomes president uh, is a Republican, I think there's a very slim chance that that Republican would uh, renominate Janet Yellen. There's so much factually incorrect information and underreporting by legacy media today. Shouldn't there be truth in media? Well, there is. Truth in Media. Recently, a novel thought is now a reality with TruthinMedia.com, led by award-winning journalist Ben Swan. TruthinMedia.com is the source for uninfluenced, reliable, fearless news